All right, so it looks like we are, we're live now. Recording has started. All right, guys, welcome to um, this week's book club. Uh, quick announcement we want to make is that, um, actually, maybe we want to wait a little bit, do a little intro, and then we'll make the announcement of the change. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, so let me share my screen. Let's get started. You guys already know me. Uh, why this book club? Uh, um, you know, every habit that we have affects what we can achieve. And the more successful habits we have, the more successful we become. And so we want to promote uh, reading and, and um, you know, self-improvement. I think that's very important for uh, achieving success in uh, whatever we do. So a couple of uh, wise words about uh, why reading is so good. Uh, you know, personally, I think we can all attest to this is that, you know, the more books we read, um, things are easier. Life becomes easier. The more books we read, the more good books we, we read, I guess. Um, and so we want to continue to promote that. And um, the vision of this book club is to bring a core group of highly motivated people uh, and we can comment and network and we grow together. Uh, Real Estate IQ is a technology and data company, and we create, uh, you know, technologies and systems for the real estate investment community. So it's all about helping uh, the community grow, um, and our mission is to enable or empower your journey to freedom and success. You know, we, uh, what we have learned uh, over the years uh, and doing all the surveys is that, you know, everybody in the real estate investment community, we're all very like-minded. You know, we are, we all want to achieve freedom and success and improve and uh, find our legacy. So uh, we want to align very well with the community and everything we do. So um, that's our mission. And I, I think that explains, you know, all the things that we're doing, um, uh, including this book club. Our core values are growth, growth oriented. It's all about self-improvement and uh, also growing, you know, everything that we do. I think, um, you know, it's also a source of happiness too. When things are growing, um, you get into the flow, uh, and it's also a big source of um, uh, uh, being happy and um, uh, liking what we do. It's it's the progress. Uh, champion mindset. Um, I just started watching the uh, the Last Dance about the Bulls. Have you guys seen it? I haven't. So they are, they're, they are just uh, pushing it out, you know, because there's no, no games playing anymore. And I guess uh, NBA is using that as, um, as a way to kind of maintain interest. Um, and there's, uh, you know, talking about Michael Jordan and uh, his, uh, his mindset is so tough. You know, there, were, there was so much adversity in their last championship run. Um, and he just, um, he just keeps going and he keeps uh, improving uh, throughout his career too. Uh, when he was just a college player and back in high school, you know, he wasn't that good, uh, but he just kept practicing, kept, kept practicing, kept practicing and keep improving. And then he became the best athlete in the, in the world, the basketball player in the world. Um, I was um, hanging out with a lot of uh, kind of folks in the startup community uh, last, uh, late last year, and they compare business building to, uh, you know, athletics, you know, if you're in business, you are also in a sport uh, in and of itself. Uh, and if we keep improving, we become that world-class athlete uh, and then we can we run a world-class uh, business. 
Uh, and uh, very important is the uh, integrity, right? Uh, being ethical and having long-term mindset, uh, you know, uh, creating win-win deals and being ethical is, is the only way to be in business. Uh, these are a couple of our uh, systems for working from home, you know, deal analysis. Uh, most of you are probably already uh, familiar. Uh, if you're getting into real estate investing, you want to uh, make sure you sign up for this one. This is the one we price it at uh, 15 bucks a month, which is a Netflix uh, pricing. You know, really want to, uh, and this is like our, our loss leader. We wanted to encourage everybody uh, to get into uh, real estate investment if you're just learning. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a very affordable way to uh, start getting into it. And then we uh, also have higher tiers too for power users. Uh, please join our community. You can go to our website on the lower left corner. Um, lots of uh, different groups that we have created now and uh, we're onboarding group leaders. So if you're interested in leading a group and be, become the uh, authority for any specific topic, uh, please reach out to us and let us know. Uh, we have, uh, we're setting up a passive investment uh, platform. So if you want to learn more about the program benefits and, you know, learn about more of the passive investment opportunities, go ahead and click on this link. And uh, if we could also share this link on the chat window too, um, uh, we, we, we'll connect with you and share more with you. Um, some quick disclaimers is that, uh, you know, this is for educational purposes only. You know, we're going to have fun uh, having discussion and uh, we don't offer investment, financial and legal advice, even though we're going to be relating on a lot of the experiences we have uh, in, you know, building a business and investing. Uh, so now comes to the uh, announcement is that um, uh, we are going to move the timing of this book club to uh, Wednesday around happy hours at 5 p.m. Uh, so if you guys want to join, you know, next week, starting next week, it's going to be on Wednesday. Um, it's going to happy hours. We're all going to have a drink in our hands, I think, or at least I will. Um, and, and, uh, we're just gonna, you know, life is life should be having fun. Right. So we're, we're, uh, you know, talking about how to apply all these, uh, habits to our life. Um, and you know, sometimes having a drink is, uh, also a really nice way to do it. So, um, uh, next Wednesday at 5 p.m., uh, that would be the time change. Oops. Okay, so uh, I want to introduce our discussion leaders. We have Mr. Brent Mott. He is a real estate coach. And he has a lot of expertise in uh, investing in commercial real estate and residential uh, uh, vision, strategy, and um, communications and sales. Tell us a lot of sales. Uh, next, we also have uh, Mr. John Yu. He is the founder of U Property Investments. Uh, a lot of experience in uh, import-export, uh, syndication, and uh, passive investments. We were just talking about it the other day. Uh, we also have Mr. Michael Geftius. He's the president of Wirecourt Homes. Uh, he has a nickname as The Closer. And um, he, he closes deals. You know, if you got a deal... Yeah, you have trouble closing, he can close the deal for you. Um, and he offers, his company offers complete end-to-end -end turnkey support and power team. So if you have a deal, you know, you can make that happen. Okay, so uh, today we're going to read, uh, we're going to discuss chapter four of the book Mastery by Robert Greene. 
And um, I also want to introduce introduce Shirley here. She's our researcher, and she's the uh, she's our go-to person to put uh, this book summary together and help us facilitate discussion. Uh, facilitate this discussion, man. I didn't even drink today. Uh, <laughs> uh, Shirley, please take it away. Great, thanks so much, Steve. So we're now halfway through the book, and this is the last um, three chapters that we're gonna discuss today. Uh, the, the third uh, to the last. And so this is a very exciting chapter. Um, it's about social intelligence, seeing people as they are. All right. And so social intelligence, and this is the ability to see people in the most realistic light possible. Jerry, could you share the screen? Oh, it's not Sherry. I'm sorry. Okay. There you go. All right, and so it's the ability to see people in the most realistic uh, light possible, where we focus deeply on others instead of ourselves. We read their behavior and see what motivates them, if they have any you know, uh, possible manipulative uh, tendencies. And it is true that if we don't have this social intelligence, you know, it's not true mastery. It does, it will not last. So it's very important. And as we have here in your picture, Benjamin Franklin, one of the founding fathers of the US, um, he was one of the, you know, the greatest um, politician, he's a writer, um, he was in the printing business, but he started off being hopelessly naive. And a lot of people can, you know, relate to that, that you can completely actually misread the intentions of people around you. And so after he faced a lot of problems, he took efforts to gain social intelligence. And that became the turning point of his uh, career. So his realizations where you cannot let emotions rule you or cloud his decision making. So instead he, uh, viewed people from a detached perspective. He had to get out of himself and did not get emotional so he can assess people objectively, can analyze their actions and realize what their true intentions were. So with social intelligence, he could focus more of his time and attention to his uh, skills, to, uh, to his writing and ultimately to mastery. I like this quote by Arthur Schopenhauer. It says, you must allow everyone the right to exist in accordance with the character he has, whatever it turns out to be. And all you should strive to do is to make use of this character in such a way as this kind of nature permits, rather than to hope for any alteration in it or to condemn it offhand for what it is. This is the truest sense of the maxim, live and let live. And to be to become indignant at people's conduct is as foolish as to be angry with a stone because it rolls into your path. With many people, the wisest thing you can do is to resolve to make use of those whom you can't alter. So that is something that really strikes a chord with me and that the best attitude you can have is to have supreme acceptance of people. So we cannot control, we cannot change them, but we can make use of it. 
we can maximize it and that's where we can use it to our um to our best use and robert green says there are two kinds of knowledge there's a specific knowledge of human nature and that's the ability to read people you can get a feel for how they see the world there's the general knowledge where you understand overall the patterns of human behavior and that includes some of the darker um, patterns or darker qualities that we sometimes don't see and so what is the specific knowledge now uh, we have to pay less attention to the words that people actually say and greater attention to to their nonverbal. That's the tone of their voice, the look in their eye, their body language, basically their actions. So we have to take note of what they do because it says so much about their character. So it says that if you can actually get people to become emotional, which is their true self, they will actually be revealing a lot more. That is their true nature and their mask will fall off in the heat of the moment. And so that's the specific. Generally, the overall uh, overall uh, nature of men is that uh, there are seven deadly realities that we are not sometimes aware of, but we have to we have to always uh, look out for in people. So there's envy, conformism, rigidity, self-obsessiveness, laziness, flightiness, and passive aggression. So I won't discuss everything in detail, but these are the things that if we don't look out for these, we will uh, become like Benjamin Franklin. We're going to be naive and think that everyone, you know, we're doing good. We're, we have all these skills and all this talent but we're missing out. We have a, a blind spot we don't know about. And so we have to make sure that we are not actually uh, seeing this in the people around us in order to be able to uh, showcase our skills to have our best work come out. And so things like conformism, these are actually things that are conforming in a group spirit. So being a master, you know, you know that you have all these ideas and that you stand out, but we have to be careful that we don't actually do this too overtly. We have to be careful in uh, standing out too much. Otherwise, it will actually spark these ugly emotions in, in people. So when it comes to matters like politics or, you know, um, morals, values, religion, we have to, you know, stick to the accepted standards. We can reserve our own personal thoughts to our friends and we don't want to really reveal too much of ourselves if it's not really, if we're not really that close to the person. And these are, there are also methods that they use, like they seem that they want to collaborate, but it's actually they're trying to, to have you do that heavy lifting for them. And so if, um, if you will be revealing all your cards on the table, then you've already, you know, you're already um, letting them get to credit for themselves. 
So there, there's also a passive aggression that's the direct, the human fear of direct confrontation. So they are not being direct, but they're actually uh, be they are actually letting you know that they want to control you indirectly. So we have to focus only on actions. So we have to avoid being entangled in all of this little drama so that it won't take time away from our real focus. So what are the strategies for acquiring social intelligence? So first, you have to let your, your work speak through for you, speak through your work. So this guy, I don't know if this is correct, Ignaz Semelway, uh, this is actually the guy who introduced hand disinfection. So thanks to him, we, we are able to actually have doctors wash their hands in the year 1847. But his work was ignored due to issues with people who didn't agree with him. So at that time, there wasn't really a, a practice yet or a method for hand washing. And so because of that, his work was not recognized until actually after his passing. So if you understand that your work is your single greatest means at your disposal for expressing your social intelligence, then you can just let your work speak through you so that all your work won't go to waste. Second is to craft your appropriate persona. And even if we don't want to, people actually judge us based on our outward appearance. So once they judge us based on that, we would internalize their judgments and we may fi find it hard to focus on our work. So our protection is we have to consciously mold our appearance or create an image that suits us at that time. And we have to actually wear a mask in, in like a social arena so that we can uh, suit the different environments that we're going through. So that we don't want to come off as somebody too proud, you know. So we have to make sure that the people are still seeing us as uh, we should be seen. The third is to see yourself as others see you. And so we have to be aware of our blind spots. So we need to keep improving. If people give us feedback, we should actually take it as a mirror to improve ourselves. So be excited when others um, give their feedback about you and make sure that you use that for um, improvement. The last one is to suffer fools gladly. There will be one or two of these people. So they dwell on petty things. They enjoy drama, political intrigue. And the natural tendency with us is that we would lower ourselves to their level. But um, in the process, that will actually get us you know, confused. We simply waste our time and emotional energy. So we have to recognize that these kinds of people are simply part of our life and we shouldn't be losing our focus. So those are all the strategies for acquiring social intelligence. And uh, for me, I could really relate to this that 
instead of focusing on, on my work, on the results, I can get sidetracked, you know, by all the office politics and um, all the little drama happening that it, it actually drains you from doing what you're supposed to do. So with this chapter, I'm actually able to, to learn how to detach, to get out of myself and to look at people and how I can actually get them to work with me in order to produce the results that I want. And yeah, that's it for for what I have, a summary for chapter four. Um, you guys can take the floor. Thank you, Shirley. Thanks. Now you gotta, you gotta deal with all of Steve's office politics, huh? The, there aren't, <laughs> good thing. Pick up some tips on how to manipulate Steve, get your way. Yeah, I gotta tell you, whenever there's people, there's politics, I, I think. Um... I understand that now. <laughs> I, yeah. Absolutely. So um, I, th I feel like Michael and I probably have a, a lot different perspective on this uh, than, than Steve and John, uh, just because our background is, is, is sales and communication. Yeah. Uh, whereas Steve and John, uh, the background was a little bit more uh, technical, um, a little bit more left brain, but I mean, uh, this, this chapter, if you've, if you've read any other Robert Green, this is, this is very, very, uh, Green-esque, I guess. Is, is very Robert Green. Very, very Robert Green. Um, if this is interesting to you, I really recommend picking up his book, 48 Laws of Power. Gets into some kind of dark stuff. Um, but, but this is, this is a really great study into human nature, and understanding how to communicate with people, uh, it's it's never it's never the smartest person that, that makes the most money. Uh, it, it's never the the I, I mean, yeah. uh, Steve Jobs wasn't nearly as smart as Steve Wozniak, um, but uh, Apple had to have Jobs. Um, now I'm not saying that he wasn't a smart man, but he had a lot of, he had some emotional, actually he's a terrible example of emotional intelligence because he was a tyrant. Um, uh, but uh, having, having the ability to communicate and understand people is, is absolutely critical. Um, Franklin uh, kind of opening up with Benjamin Franklin, he was kind of, kind of a chameleon depending on, on who he was and on who he was around. He, he played to his audience. Um, this is uh, my wife. When we first started dating, she had a hard time understanding why I was different depending on who I was around. I, I respond to different groups uh, differently. If I'm in a room full of real estate investors, I'm going to be very vocal. Um, if I'm in a room full uh, of something else, I'm actually, uh, I, I have some introverted tendencies when it comes to networking. I hate networking. Uh, yeah. And if I'm not, if I'm in a new group, I'm kind of a wallflower until I have an opportunity to open my mouth at the front of the room, uh, and then I'm and then I'm a loud mouth again. Um, but uh, but Franklin, if you're interested in learning more about him, amazing learning opportunity. He's such a good person to learn from. Walter Isaacson actually wrote a really good biography um, on on Franklin. But depending on who he was around, he would he would adapt kind of his style. And uh, Green talked about the silence do good letters. Um, 
which if you've seen National Treasure, I mean, come on, that's a great movie. You need to watch that. They're they're referenced in there too. But he, uh, as a as a teenager, I think he was 17, 18, 16, 17, 18, kind of that age range. Um, and he was writing as kind of a 30-year-old widow. So he was, as a teenager, able to kind of understand and write from the perspective of someone else. So he was able to, to understand that. And then uh, a, another major role that he played in the American Revolution was uh, was as the uh, uh, the I'm, I'm blanking on the on the word for France the uh, uh, ambassador. He was the ambassador to, to to France and got France. He won over the the French people by kind of adapting to kind of their cultures, but also playing the part of the Americans. So this Green didn't talk about this, um, but uh, when Franklin was in uh, in France, uh, he he wore like fur hats and he was the he was the backwoods you know kind of hillbilly that they all thought the Americans were supposed to be. Um, so he kind of put on the, this persona of, Oh, this is who I'm, who, of who I'm supposed to be. Um, so when we're sp- and just kind of how this is related to me and my sales experience is it kind of depends on, uh, depending on who I'm around, I let my accent come out a little bit more. I, I naturally have a very thick, uh, Texas draw. Um, I've learned how to reduce that. So I don't sound like an idiot. Um, uh, but depending on, depending on who I'm around, I'll let it come out a little bit thicker. Um, and I think you're referring to mirroring. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's exactly mirroring, but so there's, there's a couple of ways. Um, it was more pronounced when I was selling Cadillacs, um, than in real estate, but it was very much in sales. So, uh, if I had in the, the rancher come in, I'll let my accent come in a little bit further and I'd match exactly the way they talk. That being said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, if I had somebody come in from the UK, I'm not going to do a British accent to, to try to match them. Um, but if I'm letting my natural accent come out, I will. Here's the other place. And this is, this is much more Robert Greene. The other place that I would let my accent come out really, uh, really big is if is when I was selling to doctors and lawyers, because doctors and lawyers love knowing that they're that they're the smartest ones in the room, and it's oh you know what I I don't know about that let me let me go check on that for you I I bet I I bet I could make that happen for you so I mean it it's a de- depending on on who I'm working with I'm definitely um, one of one of my notes later on in the chapter. Um, I don't know if you'll be able to to pick this up um, exactly what I wrote. Um, can can you read my highlighting? Yes, yeah. sir. <laughs> that's, I mean, that, that's one of my that's one of the things. And, and I mean, um, you know, I'm I'm willing to. Uh, rarely am I the smartest person in the room, but I never want people to think that I'm the smartest person in the room because that that breeds some of the intimidation. Um, I always want to make everybody that I work with feel like they're better than me. Um, and that just makes it easier for uh, it, it. It puts less of a target on my back and it makes them like me more. I, one of the things that Green said was use self-deprecating humor. I'm big with self-deprecating humor. Um, I, I mean, it's uh, again, it's uh, something else I say a lot is, you know what, just don't, uh, 
don't use any big words and talk real slow and I can follow what you're talking about. Um, so, I mean, it's just kind of a, it just, just playful is, is a lot of, of what it is. So what I've, I've kind of taken this over, by the way, uh, people that are, people that are tuning in, uh, type in the chat, in the, in the chat, if you have any, if you had any takeaways or if you had any specific questions. Yeah, Chris, uh, uh, Chris, sorry, Brent, I agree a lot with what you said. Uh, this chapter to me was, was fascinating. I read through it and uh, first of all, I see a lot of my life in this. So I think he really hit it on. I will tell you guys, you know, when I was back in my younger years, I was the most naive person that I look back and I laugh and you wonder, I wonder how I made it through life. I was so naive and I, and I just assumed everybody was like me open and honest and, you know, just good intentions. Um, and you, you quickly learn as you get burned or you make mistakes, man, if there was a way to, to make a mistake, I found that way. Um, through that learning and through that self-reflectiveness, you, you begin to figure out how to, um, to move beyond that. And, and I will tell you that I think it was one of the best things in the world for me now because I was really fascinated about the, you know, reading people and, and understanding people. And I think one of the, take, the big takeaways that I had from this chapter is you hear a lot, especially in today's society of, well, don't change who you are and, and, and be, be you. And if other people don't accept you for you, then, then you don't need them. And, and I would suggest that never change your core values. However, how you deal with people and how you approach and how you come across is absolutely something that needs to be um, flexible without changing your core values. Because Otherwise, guys, especially in, in this business, you're not going to be successful, in my opinion. I, and I, and I, I, do a, I have a lot of people who have me uh, close their leads into deals for them, and I let them listen in on the call. And it's, it's interesting because the ones that I've done it repeatedly for will have said to me, Michael, you're never the same person on the call from person to person, from different person to different person. And it's like Brent was saying, you know, sit back, listen to them, let them take the lead, and then you figure out the way to best accomplish what the goal is. Yeah, I got a couple of uh, takeaways. Take so, sorry, John, um, I guess I'll go first. Um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, one thing that, uh, that we touch on is uh, social intelligence. You know, um, and it's a, it's, it's not, innate you know all of that is a learned uh through experience a lot of trial and error um i think um you know like michael you know when i was younger you know always very naive too because we tend to project uh who we are or what we think other people be, uh, would be thinking and behave uh, onto other people so we're always seeing reality uh, through our own lens. Um, and so I guess, you know, with age, the lens becomes uh, less and less foggy, I guess, hopefully, um, and, you know, through trial and error, I guess. Um, and so, you know, and with that in mind, I think, um, you, you know, if you have a different, if you have the unrealistic expectation of, um, you know, how people behave, and if you expect everyone to think just like us and just like you and um, think just like you behave just like you, you know, you're in for some potential heart heartbreak and uh, agony. Um, and so I guess 
you know, through live experience and also, you know, through this chapter, kind of uh, bringing more awareness to, uh, uh, you know, how human natures are and um, uh, uh, how we should be looking at the world. I think we can gain a little more clarity um, and on how to deal with people because at the end of the day, it's about how, how to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish uh, with people. You can never get things done. You can get things done by yourself, uh, but it's so much easier with other people. Um, the other point I want to talk about was being naive, but I kind of touch on that. Um, and then there's a, a Chinese uh, saying, and John, maybe you know this better, uh, and aligns with uh, what you said, Brent, is um, that you don't want to be the nail that sticks out because, you know, I forgot what, what, what it's called, like this, the nail that sticks out gets, uh, you know, it, it, people get rid of it. What is it called? <laughs> What's the saying? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know the exact saying, but I know what you're talking about. Go, just go ahead. And, yeah. You know, yeah. So that's, that's what I want to share. Okay. Uh, so uh, this applies to me uh, in my life probably more so than I'm guessing most of, uh, most of us here. Uh, I, I have a background in import-exporting. Uh, my family owns a uh, brokerage-based business for um, petrochemical raw materials. Uh, so if you know anything about international brokerage, we own nothing, right? We, we literally own nothing but relationships. So it's, it, it's crucial to have, um, uh, it's crucial to have this uh, social intelligence because that's what makes a person successful. It's not the amount of money. It's not the amount of uh, hardware. You know, we, uh, there are plenty more uh, plants and, and companies out there that has, you know, big, factories big machineries better finances more capital but for some reason we my my family's business been in the business for uh, over 32 years and all that is because of the uh, great social intelligence uh, from from uh, my 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 father's uh, era with my uncle and other other family members and they have incredibly great uh, social intelligence and I'm still learning about that too it's extremely difficult because uh, I grew up in um, you know here uh, in in Washington state and uh, you know in in um, the Asian uh, uh, studies versus the uh, US studies is that the uh, if you go to schools in Asian, they teach you obedience. They, they teach you to follow the group. They teach you to go with the flow. If you study here in the States, at least by my own, uh, my own uh, experience, they teach you to be individualistic. They teach you to be free. And they teach you to follow your passion for good and bad. And uh, the, the biggest difference that I see, because I go around uh, both Asia and, and Europe and, and, and North America, is that uh, you know, people from different cultures, you have to use completely different sales tactics with them. Uh, so for example, you know, I'm, not, I'm not trying to put a stereotype on, on people, but for, most, for the most part in the export-import business, uh, when, you, when you deal with customers and vendors from uh from asia for the most part for, uh, when i say asia i'm really mid china uh you want to be as egotistic and as bloated up as possible because 
everyone blows their, you know, their operations and everything up by at least a hundred times. So if you don't blow up by a thousand times, you don't even seem impressive. <laughs> Everybody automatically discount what you have because that's, that's in their culture. So if you said, Oh yeah, I own a real estate business and I own about, you know, 20 houses. They're going to think, yeah, you own two houses, you know, <laughs> two, two Asians, uh, two Chinese, Chinese, mainland Chinese yeah, for, 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 for the most part. Uh, but here, you know, if you talk to people and you tell them, yeah, I own, you know, 200 houses, you know, they're going to be like, wow, really? You know, we, we, here we, we, we are more direct, right? So we are not like, you know, bloating up. So it's, it's key to figure out that, that cultural differences and what type, what type of group that you're in, because, you know, you would lose business if you don't do what everyone is really doing or adapt to that group. And, uh, you know, I met a lot of, um, entrepreneurs uh, in the import exodus poor business because of my experience and i will say one thing um there are two types of people that i have seen in in my old in my uh, business the the import export business that are extremely successful one that has a perfect niche <clears throat> a niche that pretty much only he or she has it and that's it and therefore people cannot not deal with you or the people that are super super friendly and they make friends with everyone because they have no enemies, right? So one of the perfect example that I want to go into is um, I had a partnership with uh, one of my uh, import-export uh, partners here. I, uh, we uh, invested in a warehouse here in Texas. Well, he's the type of person who is extremely emotional. So, you know, if, if people do him wrong, he will no longer do business with them. So even if their product is extremely cheap, you can make like a great margin just by buying and selling it. He he doesn't want to deal with that. He doesn't want to deal with the guy if if, if he ever offended him. That's that's his policy. So uh, we obviously have a difference of opinion in terms of how to run the client relationship. Uh, so I I broke off from from the guy and. Uh, I started basically going after the clients that he would no longer want to deal with. Uh, the first year's revenue of my own import export business after I left the guy was two times what he built in five years just because of that. And that just shows how important this social intelligence is. So uh, yeah, that's, that's all I really have to say. You know, I want to comment on what Brent had said earlier about trying to sometimes being a wallflower and not wanting to be the smartest in the room. Corporately, I have found that, uh, first of all, I, I couldn't agree with that more. Corporately, I have found that the key to survival, and that carries over to how I do real estate, is to be known to be good at what you do, to be known to be reliable. Um, but you got to be careful because if you put that bullseye on your back, and you will if you make other people envious and jealous, no matter how good you are or how smart you are, you've, you've cut yourself off at the knees. Um, I, you know, my wife and I talk about this all the time. Would we rather be rich and famous or rich and in the background? I'd rather be rich and in the background, quite frankly. Um, uh, that's just my personal take. So it, it, it's really important how you do that. The, the chapter talks about others' people's image of you your self-image. I think that's very, very important. Uh, one of my favorite words is positioning. As, as a marketeer, uh, we talk about 
product, positioning services. You got to do the same about yourself. You got to market yourself. You have to position yourself. You have to control that, that image. Um, and, and you really need to decide how do you want known and how do you go about making that you know i post a lot on on, on different rias and stuff about uh, uh how we do a lot of deals and how we help a lot of people in this and that but if you notice I, i'm never out bragging we made this amount of money on this deal or oh my gosh look at that you know six figures in one month that it, that's just personally not something that i think is is the way to go so position yourself as an expert um, even when, if you're not, that's okay. You don't have to position, your, position yourself as an expert on everything, but let people know you're good at what you do, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And be humble about it, guys, because there's always somebody better and smarter than you. And just don't have egg on your face. I see you nodding, Brent. What do you think? I, I like it. I, I call it the humble brag. Yeah, exactly. You ever heard the humble brag? That's the... Yeah, I mean, we we closed on eighteen deals last month, but I mean, it's it, 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 and I mean, it's just a just just downplay it. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a. But I, but I mean, it it is what it is. I and I mean, just don't. <laughs> just when you're talking about your accomplishments, just really. I don't, I don't know. I mean, something. Keep like, it in check. Yeah. So I mean, and there's a. Uh. I love. I, I don't do the the posting checks and all of that crap either. So I sorry. Um, I I don't do the the. Oh well, I did this. Oh well, I did that. There there's something to be said about an air of mystery, of of you know. Yeah, I'm successful at this. Um, so I mean, one of the things um, I, that you know I I like it. I I do a lot of deals and I do a lot of uh, I do a lot of different types of deals. And uh, I let the big dogs know, hey, I'm looking for a homestead. This was a couple years ago. And somebody sent me like a $13 million ranch. And I'm just like, wow, thank you. I, I, I appreciate the uh, – or, or it was a $13 million ranch at. It was only like seven acres and they were – and I'm like, I'm, I'm glad you think that highly of me. But no, I'm, I'm not ready for – I mean, that's almost, that's almost a million dollars a year in property taxes. So – uh, by, by not broadcasting everything, um, it, it makes you more, uh, you, you want to, uh, have a, have a little bit of a, hi Carlos. Uh, you want to have a little bit of, uh, of an air of, uh, of yes, I'm successful, but not blasting everything out, uh, completely making people uncomfortable. So a couple of things that I did want to talk about. And I touched on this earlier. So there, there's two types of intelligence. There, there's traditional intelligence and then there's emotional intelligence. One is called IQ. The other is EQ. So IQ mat, uh, measures how smart you are. Um, EQ measures pretty much how, how well you can interact uh, with, uh, with other people. So um, the, the EQ is ultimately what's going to make you the, the most money. Um, uh, I mean, that, that's as far as success, financial success, EQ will pay you more than IQ. I mean, there's, uh, I, I mean, maybe in the, in the medical field, maybe in, and, and, uh, green actually talked about a, a couple of people. Uh, there's a guy that was great at, uh, technology, um, but he really worked well. He didn't work well with people. So he really focused on startups. So that, that's one thing that he did. Um, but the, uh, you pulled up, Shirley, you pulled up the picture 
of old uh, Ignaz, Ignaz Simonwellis or whatever. Right. Uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce uh, Hungarian right. names. I apologize. Um, uh, it's because I'm not that smart. Other people are smarter than me. You see, I worked it into this conversation. Um, so, but one of the things that he did was he discovered, hey, people are getting sick because the doctors aren't washing his hands, except for he was kind of a jerk about it. And he, he made everybody feel how stupid they were. Um, Temple Grandin did the same thing. She made people feel stupid and useless. And they were both, they, uh, Ignaz died broke, I think. And Temple luckily realized her mistake and, and kind of fixed things. Uh, John was uh, talking about his business partner that was like, if, if anybody ever crosses me, I'm never doing anything with them. Uh, one of my other notes that I wrote in, uh, in the margins of this, of this chapter was you can be right or you can be rich. Um, you, you can be right or you can be rich. I mean, those, those are, those are your options. Um, uh, my, my dad always says, you know, uh, in his, his relationship advice is, is kind of limited, but one of his big relationships, uh, advice is, uh, with your spouse is you can be right or you can be happy. You, you can't be both. <laughs> Um, I saw a meme that was, uh, my wife and I play a fun quarantine game. It's called, why are you doing it that way? There are no winners. Um, but, but it's a, yes, you, you can have the right answer, but if you don't present it in the right way, it's not going to be communicated well. Um, uh, the, and another thing that, that I put in, I wrote a lot when it was talking about old Ignaz, I lost my, my spot in my book. Um, but he, he rubbed everybody the wrong way. And one thing that, um, uh, one thing that, uh, Dale Carnegie talks about and how to win friends and influence people is there are no winners in an argument. You, you can win an argument. You, you can win. Um, but that person's not going to do business with you. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, in buying somebody's house, you can have an argument and, and convince them that their house is a piece of crap and that it's not worth anything, but that, that's not going to, that's not going to help you buy the house. That's going to help the next guy. It's going to, it's going to help the next person, but you're not going to, if you make, if you win an argument and, oh my gosh, this house is so terrible. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to believe you that their, that their house isn't worth, isn't, isn't worth what they think it is. Um, but I mean, one of the, so I've got a, uh, a, a call that I'm making after this, um, that, uh, let me see if Movishore is on. It's a lead from a, a big dog in Austin. That's got a lot here in Houston and it's a, it's in a neighborhood of $2 million homes that that's, what's getting built is, is, is $2 million homes. And, uh, his lot value is $600,000. Well, Lots in Houston. No, nobody's building two million dollar homes in Houston right now. No, people are paying you to take their oil. No one is building uh, two million dollar homes here. That that that's just not a thing. So I've got to call this guy who's who's his expectations are well. Taxes say my my lot is worth six hundred, and I'm going to have to call him and I'm going to say, look, I'm I'm embarrassed to make this offer. Um, I, I don't even have a formal offer for you. I'm, I'm embarrassed. I, I don't want to, I don't even want to offend you with an offer. Oh, just, just tell me what it is. And, and I mean, just a man, I, I don't build $2 million houses myself. So what I would be doing is just connecting you with anybody. And I called every builder I know, and nobody's buying anything. 
So, I mean, man, I, I don't even want to tell you. And, uh, oh, just, just tell me. Um, I, I mean, we're probably looking in, in the – in the 150 to 180 range. I, I mean, that that's really what it is because some, it, it's anybody that's going to buy right now is going to sit on it for at least two years and they've got to be prepared to just leave a bunch of cash parked in a deal for at least two years. So, I mean, it, it's something that um, I'm, I'm going to go in at less than a third of what he's expecting. So I, I'm going in and I'm not going to try to win an argument with that. I'm going to let him know, you're right. I wouldn't take that either. I, th I think you should. I, I know that he can't afford it anymore. I know that he can't afford the property taxes on it. So I'm going to tell him, look, I, I get it. I wouldn't take that offer. But I mean, I'm prepared to pay the, the $30,000 a year in property taxes for. I, I have a, uh, I'm, my grandmother has a $2 million piece of property that I pay $30,000 a year in property taxes on. I, I mean, it, you know, it, it, it is what it is. So, uh, instead of instead of trying to convince him that I'm right, okay. Instead of trying to convince him that I'm right, I'm kind of doing a, a little bit of a takeaway, and that that's some uh, that's emotional intelligence instead of uh, instead of just straight logical intelligence. Um, most of the people, so in, in the residential real estate world, most sellers are you're going to be dealing with emotions. Okay, you're going to be dealing with with emotions. The, the logic matters very little. Very, there, there is no logic whatsoever when you're dealing with a, with a residential homeowner. It is pure, 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 pure emotion. Well, what do you mean my house isn't going to sell for three hundred thousand dollars? The the house next door just sold for three hundred thousand dollars. Well, yeah, I just had two hundred eighty thousand dollars in updates. I, I I mean that's a I don't, I don't know why you think that you're, let, let's take a look. Let's, let's go look at that house and let's look at your house. There's no, no logic with, uh, with, with residential real estate. There is some logic in, in commercial real estate. When you're negotiating commercial real estate deals, you're the, the, the purchase price, you're analyzing a business and it's, it's just a, do the dollars and cents make sense or not? And really what you're negotiating on commercial real estate is, uh, is more of your what assumptions and what we're buying on the pro forma. Pro forma pretty much, pro forma pretty much means pretend. Uh, that that's the it's it's a prediction. Um, so when you negotiate commercial real estate, you're really just looking at the the pro forma of, you know what these are the assumptions that I'm making about the property. These are the assumptions that you're making. We're probably somewhere in in the middle. Um, so that that that's kind of the the difference between commercial and residential. So you're, you, it rec both, both require this emotional intelligence. Um, and if you feel like you just don't have it, it's a, um, it's a, uh, skill that can be learned and developed. Um, so Temple Grandin, um, uh, had autism, had autism and learned emotional intelligence, um, which, uh, I'm not, I know a little bit about autism, but I know that it makes it one of the things is difficulty in social situations. Um, and she was able to become very, very successful um, because kind of playing to the needs of the people around them. Uh, uh, Israel posted this in the chat um, a few minutes ago that one of the things that uh, Franklin would do in the court of France is he would, uh, he would appeal to, he would, he, 
he'd kiss ass. Um, he, he would appeal to the decision makers. Um, so one thing that I like to do is I like, I like to help people have my idea be their idea. If, if I can make what I want, if I can make the solution that I'm looking for their idea, I'm winning. That, that, that's, that's just a, that's the best thing that we can do is just help someone come to a conclusion. That way it's their decision and they're going to stand behind their decision a lot more than they're going to stand behind my decision. Um, so uh, it, it's all about helping people and, and, and coming to more of a consensus than convincing them of, of your way, that your way is right. So you have to have the, the actual intelligence, but the emotional intelligence is ultimately what's going to make you more successful in whatever realm you choose to pursue. Uh, there was a part in the chapter that talked about self-obsessing. And I was really intrigued by that. And, and I'd like to offer an alternative, which is something, you know, I talk about how naive I was growing up in, the, in my teens and 20s and uh, part of the way I turned that around was self-obsessing, but in a different way. I was obsessed with self-reflecting. And I do that even today. And I want to kind of turn that around and offer what I've found to be helped me become more successful and, and effective. And that is that every single time I talk to somebody, every single business engagement, every meeting, every time I go up and speak in front of a rear, which by the way, I hate speaking in front of people, but you, you got to do it. Um, every time I do that, there is never a time that I don't overanalyze probably to a fault that entire interaction a hundred different ways to Sunday in my brain. And that helped me become more successful in business because by self, by obsessing with self-reflecting, which is what I'm calling it rather than self-obsessing, that will enable you to, you know, it talked about opening up your feelings. It talked about getting out all these pre, getting out these notions. I can't speak. I haven't had my iced coffee yet, guys. Um, so really open yourself up, look internally, accept other people's criticism, whether you think it's valid or not, ask other people's feedback and obsess on self-reflection rather than self-obsessing. And I, I hope I was able to clock draw that distinction yeah i want to i want to share a couple of things too I, I i would reflect on my corporate days you know i was so young um that i made all kinds of mistakes michael you know yeah. i was probably a um a, a decent performer that has a, a bigger ego than his skill set you know i was trying to lead the front you know there's a difference between leading from the front and leading from behind when you lead it from the front everyone is just you know, following, they passive aggressively follow you probably. And you're like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? Uh, I find that over the years, uh, it's much more effective, um, you know, through emotional intelligence and all that is to, uh, to kind of leave from behind and have other people who are, who have the best ideas and the, and the best uh, energy uh, to lead the charge. I think that that has been much more effective. Um, be their cheerleader. Yeah, be the cheerleader. Oh, another thing I want to uh, share is, um, you know, there, there's, uh, there's something about uh, laziness. Um, you know, I realized that the older I get, the more lazy I am. Um, and one way that, um, that to kind of combat the laziness, um, 
I forgot who whose quote this is. Maybe it's Marcus Aurelius, uh, uh, or maybe you know it, it's a, another Greek philosopher uh, or something. But uh, the quote says, um, "Duty is the uh, is the cure for laziness." So if you have uh, a lot of responsibilities, or you kind of create uh, a way where you know you're. You're setting up uh, goals and expectations for yourself. You know you you will not uh, be as as lazy at the very least. Yeah, I think uh, I think what Brent has said is extremely. Uh, it it's very uh, correct. You can either be right or you can be rich, right? So uh, <clears throat> I think uh, as humans, we have a natural tendency. If you're you know more so confident in and in your uh, field uh, that you want to be right. And so, um, you know, uh, even in really in a personal relationship, uh, we, I'm, uh, no, I argue with my wife all the time. Okay. I, I, I like to be right. Everyone does. <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Um, and uh, have a comfortable couch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, I just got to Got it. No, it doesn't matter. Cause an argument takes two people, right? So, you know, you, it, it doesn't matter what, what, it, what matters to, to me and, and to most people at the end is, is what the end result is. You can, you know, appeal to them and you think there's maybe in the back of your head, you think that the person you're speaking to is, is so stupid, but you know, you need to appeal to try to think in their shoes uh, in order to get, something done otherwise you're just you know constant mix of you're stupid you're wrong and you should listen to me because i'm obviously the more intelligent here and then nobody's want to deal dealing with you and i have to admit i'm still learning that you know i it's it's been more difficult for me for the social intelligence part <laughs> well i think the I, we're coming up on close to one o'clock so just uh i think my biggest takeaways uh from from this are build the build the relationships um, and uh, and study. I, I think that studying human nature, studying psychology, uh, understanding what motivates people is gonna is gonna help you big time in the long run. Uh, and then uh, uh, we we've got to 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 get what we want in life. We've got to uh, interact with other people and have them help us along the way. So we need to be able to communicate the ways that we can, the ways that them helping us is beneficial to them. Uh, so it, it's all about finding out what, what are people's driving factors. And what I found in any negotiation that I've ever been in is people, if you, if you listen, if you let people talk, they will tell you what it, their motivating factor is and what their hot buttons are. And if you take care of those hot buttons, in general, you're going to be able to uh, get that sell. You're going to be able to buy that house. You're going to be able to do uh, whatever it is that, that you need to be able to do. So a um, uh, couple, just a couple other recommendations since this is a book club, not just a Robert Greene club. Um, Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People is critical for this dale carnegie how to win friends and influence people is absolutely critical um if you are uh if you are open to biographies and long biographies um and this isn't the longest walter isaacson 
wrote uh, wrote a biography on Benjamin Franklin that was really really good. Uh, studying, I love studying success, and Benjamin Franklin was very very successful and very very influential. Um, another book uh, to read. Speaking of influence, is a book called uh, Influence. Um, that is by uh, it's another Robert uh, Influence by. Do y'all know? Do you know? Do you know which book I'm talking about? I can look it up uh, while we're in chat and share it in just a minute. Um, blanking on it, but uh, Influence is another great book on it. Uh, and then you know, get on get on YouTube. Get on if you if you don't love uh, reading, get on Influence. Cialdini, yeah. Thank thank you, Stephen. Robert Cialdini is the author of uh, of Influence. So I'd pick that up. Uh, Robert Green uh, wrote two other books. Or he wrote several other books. Um, uh, one of the books that he wrote is the Forty Eight Laws of Power. Uh, another one is called Human Nature. Both of those are really good. Forty Eight Laws of, pa- of Power gets dark, um, but it's it's uh, a really good read as well. So study human nature um, both both academically and in practice, uh, take, learn from each interaction that you have, like, like Michael said earlier, um, and, and reflect on those interactions. So I think those are my major takeaways. Steve, do we want to open up to, uh, does it, do we want to open up to networking? Yeah, let's do that. All right. I don't know how to do that. I'll let y'all handle that. So uh, um, we're gonna move everyone to uh, to be a panelist. Um, uh, if you would like, uh, please, uh, you know, unmute yourself, turn on your webcam if possible, uh, and uh, give us a quick introduction of yourself and lo- what you're looking for, and um, you know, maybe your takeaways. So I accidentally popped out and back in. What did you ask? <laughs> oh, hi, Chris. Hi. <laughs> Uh, the, um, you Chris, know, we signed you up for a whole bunch of uh, yes. activities. You didn't get that list? <laughs> oh, dear. That was quick for you on y'all, though. Yeah, share, share with us, you know, quick intro, who you are, um, what are your takeaways? Oh, dear. Well, who I am, I'm, uh, I'm Chris um, Hale. Um, I don't know how much to say. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> um, I, you know, obviously, uh, um, I'm working on my real estate. Have some, have some single families, uh, passive in some, in some multi families. Um, I thought this chat, um, this chapter was very interesting. Um, you know, I think it is, um, you know, human nature that that we do. You know, people are, um, you know, pretty self confident and insecure to a sense, and so we have a lot of difficulty. And I know I do in actually opening myself up to understanding what other people are doing because I'm so worried about what I'm doing, <laughs> you know. So this is a really good chapter for that. And that is definitely one of the things that I, I work on is to have that space, is to give that space to somebody else to be heard so that, you know, once they're, once they're feeling heard and cleared, then they're, they open themselves up to hear. And that, that definitely opens up that relationship. And so I, I thought I really enjoyed this chapter. Hey, Carlo, do you want to uh, introduce yourself and uh, to everyone? We just had you joining as a panelist. Hi, guys. My name is Carlos. I, uh, I was kind of yesterday, I was kind of asking everybody what books they're reading because 
self-development is very, very important to me. And I think that in developing self, um, you cultivate an environment um, that not only suits yourself, but also the needs of your friends, your loved ones, your family members. And um, I think, you know, kind of what Brent was saying earlier, you know, about EQ. And uh, one of my favorite ones is to get what you want in life, you have to give what you want in life. And uh, if you want respect, you have to give respect. You know, sometimes if you want money, you have to invest. If you want love, you have to actually make yourself accessible to love and to also give love so that you can understand how that reciprocates. And, you know, whether it's um, a book that you read and you want that reciprocation from the information that you're taking in, but also to be able to comprehend that information and then use it for what you see, what you see fit best for that information. And um, I think one, one thing that can take you from okay to good to great is self-awareness. And um, so some of my favorite books, and I, and I was looking for the list, that's why I closed my camera, but uh, Murphy's Law, I'm not gonna be able to find it now because I'm really, really thinking about it very hard. Um, <laughs> But um, they're, they're always self-developments. One of mine, it's like kind of like a, it's like a children's book, Who's Got My Cheese? Kind of makes you think differently about the way that you need to interact with people and kind of how we deal with our own emotional intelligence. Because before you have a relationship with other people, you need to under, understand the relationship that you're having with yourself, I think. And so if you know what your needs are, what your desires are, what you want in this physical world and what you want in your house, your spirit, then you can deal with people in any situation a lot better, if that makes sense. I hope I'm saying that in a way that's comprehensible. Mm-hmm. And um, another one is Poke the Box. And I don't know if anybody's ever read, read Poke the Box, but Poke the Box kind of just deals with the indoctrinated information that we get and that we believe before we look for different sourced information. So there's some things that we just believe because we've been taught to believe them that way. And so it's hard to take different new information and not get it confused because we don't have the highest EQ and it makes us feel uncomfortable. And so I love, I loved um, the, the, you know, where I got, I wish I would have gotten here from the beginning, but you know, the idea, the foundation of what we're doing here and educating ourselves um, so that we can be better, I guess, in every single individual, in every facet of our lives, not just in business, but in our personal lives, our relationships and continuing to, to educate ourselves. So, I see a lot of familiar faces here, so I know that I'm in good company. And um, yeah, I just, I think this is a great conversation to have. And I think it's something that um, more people, they didn't teach us, you know, emotional IQ in school. They didn't teach us coping. They didn't teach us uh, coping mechanisms. You know, why do you feel the way you feel when you're angry? You know, why why it's okay to have um, an emotional release. Why why you need to kind of hit that release valve and, you know, the importance of self-development, especially in, uh, you know, um, the new world that we'll live, that we're going to be walking into is what I'll say. So I think this is really, really good and really, really important what we're doing here. So thanks, Steve. Thanks for asking me. I appreciate it. And I appreciate all you guys. Hey, uh, Israel. Um, Hi. How you guys doing? So a little bit about me real quick. I've uh, been investing in real estate about a year and a half. I've got currently four rentals working on some deals. Um, you know, trying to stay busy with all this. But uh, what I really want to talk about is uh, the chapter. Uh, I really like the chapter, especially like I was saying about Benjamin Franklin going in and learning the customs and traits. Um, I was in special forces for most of my military career. 
and uh, we would always, always grab a area study, which is always the detail uh, down to the religion, business, everything that we could, uh, com common uh, courtesies and customs that each culture uses before we would deploy. So that way we could go in and establish immediate uh, relationships with the people and uh, find out what they need and actually get moving. And I use a lot of that in my business uh, in dealing with real estate. And also I had the fortunate thing is I was a SEER school instructor. So I got to learn a lot of body language and human kinetics uh, doing that also. So I kind of, you know, we all bring something different from our past, our experience into the business. And, uh, those are some of my strong suits that I use just based off of, uh, my experience in the past. Steve, your mic's still muted if you're talking. Oh, I was, uh, I was just going to say someone was in the, in the beginning of talking and then they got muted. Let's see what other comments do we have. Um, uh, uh, Yolanda shares that uh, I have studied social intelligence and it's a huge asset. My job is public affairs, which is community engagement. So it's a must. I think, you know, to, I, you know just to be in business uh, and uh, be, being able to, be, uh, to kind of grow your business and, and find success, I, I think um, the more social intelligence skill sets that we develop, I think the easier things become. There, one of the one of the famous old cowboy sayings, I think, is John Wayne. I, John Wayne or Roy Rogers or one of the old cowboys says, "Life is hard, and it's even harder if you're stupid." <laughs> <laughs> so, emo emotional intelligence is definitely uh, crucial for us. Okay, so I think uh, if if that's it uh, for everybody, you know, please uh, remember that next week we'll be switching our time to uh, Wednesday, Wednesday at five p.m. You know, I think that's social great. hours. Uh, it's like a happy hour, everybody will talk more. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> everybody needs to come with a drink. <laughs> yeah, drink. Yeah, li good. listen our tongues. That's right. <laughs> Very good. I'm gonna use right. that one, Brent. I like that last one that you just gave us. I Life think it's hard. John Wayne. <laughs> It is so, much harder when you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, everybody. Thank you for joining us, Steve. Thank you for putting all this together, and thank you for everything you do over at Real Estate IQ. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Thank Thanks, you, everyone. Next week, chapter five. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everybody. For webinar schedules, follow us at our official social media accounts or visit us at www.realestateiq.co.